0: Welcome back here, Living. Welcome back to the podcast, VLB Side, Episode 7 of The Boys, Season 2. This one, it's not just me and Zerb. We have a special menage toi podcast with a musical icon and genius living in the Southern Los Angeles, California area. But before we get to this three-man trio, I want to first give some housekeeping first and foremost contact information by living pod at gmail.com and by living podcast on the instagram go there for all of our swag situations and big shout out and thank you to our fine sponsors from Wickloware. wicklow wear w-i-c-k-l-o-w be free and explore get all your outdoor gear at wicklowwear.com okay on tonight's pod zurb and i are always here headlining the boys so we're going to give our special third party guest a little extra love and attention and play his intro music that is yoni aka mike c here we go oh. Dude, look at your hair! It's getting long as shit. Yeah, dude. Kind of look like Jesus Christ.
1: I feel like Jesus
0: in a good way. <laughs> so, I'll kick it off uh, with my initial takeaway on this episode. What? Oh, wait, no. First off, we should just get Mike's hot takes. Any, any hot yeah. takes coming in? Before,
2: before we get into the, yeah the specifics of this episode, I think we should go big picture here.
1: Just what I think is going to happen. Well, kind
2: of I think stuff. more. You're probably some of the things you love about this show are probably some of the things I also love about the show in terms of just how it's kind of doing a lot of, uh, you know, speaking Social a lot commentary. about the real world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Social commentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this episode, they
1: definitely dug into that right away with the first scene. BD and I were talking about that for you on the first scene, which was I like, I was like, wait, am I going to fucking cry watching the boys? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because it was yeah. horrible it was horrible and it was exactly what exactly what we're seeing today and they're just try- they're just putting it right in your face like hey
2: yeah supercut style real like here's <laughs> if we fast forwarded a couple months of this sad guy's life together yeah this is basically what's happening these are the these are
1: the the uh, highlights basically and uh yes yeah, so that and then right into homelander and stormfront's speech about you know super terrorists and i mean it's very on the nose but it's also because it's superheroes and it's outside of what's what we know in reality it's
2: right i feel like i've been trying to find the right way to say that like every episode we do which is that nothing they're doing is subtle at all yeah no but for some reason whether it's just because it's so well done or because of the superhero aspect or whatever it's like even though it's very on the nose it doesn't bother me at all that it's on the nose and it just seems so perfect yeah everything about it
1: it's it's funny too. It's uh, there's something about like the severity of what's happening, like what's happening in the country right now. Sorry, BD. What's hap- <laughs> Like, it's so, <laughs> it's so extreme. Yeah. And it, and it's so outright that, you know, when, when art in those times becomes more on the nose and more like just calling it exactly what it is. Something about that feels more effective.
2: For sure. For <laughs> sure. And I think that being able to do that through a superhero show Like, if they were doing all the exact same stuff in a show that didn't have superheroes, it would probably be, like, pretty eye-rolling kind of a deal. All right, we get it. Yeah. But something about the way they do this, it doesn't have that effect at all. So
0: I I took away, like, just in that first scene, it was so heartbreaking the way they edited it, too. And then if you noticed in the background, they had... The song playing, but it was like a slow, it's a wonderful life or what a wonderful world. 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 And I think to myself, what a wonderful world. Yeah. Oh, dude. And it was like, oh my God. I just, so I think that. Aided in like how impactful that first opening scene was. And that's what I was saying to Mike was on this, if we're just going to get into this episode, which seems yeah. like we are, this episode was all about just like a crazy book ended. Like it started off with a really impactful opening credits scene and then ended with the most insane ending of exploding heads everywhere. <laughs> so, uh,
1: mind blowing. Crazy. Like, Literally
0: mind blowing. Yeah. <laughs> So, Mike, any other thoughts? Like, who's your favorite character coming in? Zurb and I have talked a lot about this, where he's he loves Homelander, sp- specifically from, like, a sense oh of, like, God. he's oh driving storylines. He's yeah. super evil and dynamic, but he's the one churning favorite the most stories. Su-
2: super interesting and super well-acted, too. Who's your guy? Or I was going to say, like, uh, who's,
1: who's my favorite? Man, um, you know who I'm really loving the arc of? is the deep man I really like <laughs> yeah. the deep storyline and I think you know he's he's playing more you see i'm I'm glad to see he's still playing a role in the show and it seems like it's gonna become more and more especially with his involvement with a train but he's just he's just also fucking hilarious
2: yeah for me the deep is like the the character that's your favorite in the same way that like genre alpha is your favorite in parks and rec so like right. like the guy who just comes in for a couple scenes and just like you're th- you're laughing about his lines for the whole week until the next episode, right? Also, Frenchie, Frenchie's cool. I can Let see up, I can right. see you as a Frenchie guy.
0: Let yeah. hold on. Yeah. Let's talk about Frenchie because I actually wrote this note down in this episode. I'm like, has there been is there another character that I've ever seen in a TV show who I loved so much in season one and then dropped off a cliff so hard for season two like that? I go the opposite way on Frenchy. I think his performance in season two has been so uninteresting.
2: Yeah. I, I think that that's because what we've talked about before, the him and Kimiko storyline just hasn't done anything. It's just it's flat. It's pretty blah. So, I mean, we talked about, it, he had one episode where they, like you called it the giving Frenchy a shot episode. Uh, but where we got that backstory and the whole lamplighter thing, I thought that that was, I mean, he got a lot of play in that episode. And was I liked him in that one. But it's, it's just the Kamiko stuff. Is, nothing's going on with it. Yeah.
0: Did you yeah. like him in that? Because I, I, d- I thought he did get a shot, and I didn't think he delivered. Like, I even when I saw his whole backstory, I was like, I'm not. It was just with his junkie friends.
1: Yeah, the, the, the backstory itself is kind of lame. Like, yeah. You know, even though he left his post, like he left and saved his friend from overdosing, like he did something good, and I, it, it's just weird. It, uh, it doesn't—it doesn't have the effect I think they want it to have. I don't. I, agree I with think that.
2: so too. Yeah, but it's I, not I, landing. As much as I completely agree with that, but I still think that the actor is like he. I, I find him super charismatic, and I'm totally rooting for him all the time. Yeah, he's fun. So to I'm watch. still in on him. I just think his storylines haven't been great in season two. So
0: let's let's blame some writing on that, but yeah, I season one I was locked in. I loved him in season one, but season two it just it's fallen flat. And yeah, it's there's probably a lot with the Kamiko stuff. Mike, I was telling Zerb like I think I just need them to like hook up or move on, and that's the driving force of what's making me go so insane.
2: I think we're gonna get a bottle episode like the Fly from Breaking Bad next season, where it's just him and Kamiko and they're, he, she's just teaching him sign language the entire episode mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'd love that
0: um the to get into the deep real quick i think in this episode it was solidified that this church of the collective the similarities between it and like a yeah. cult or like scientology or nexium or whatever yeah. is spot on
2: <laughs> yeah it's a direct take on scientology
0: because the, yeah. the guy getting, the guy who was a member, the the uh, archery guy who was a member, he got excommunicated because he like spoke out against them and now like everyone's turning on him. Essentially like Leah Remini, is that her name? Yeah. Who left Scientology.
2: Ramini, yeah. He, oh, okay. He's a, uh, what they call it? SP, I think is what they call it in Scientology in real life, like a su- suppressive person or something like that. You have to cut him out of your life completely. Yeah. That's what they're doing there. Yeah, the
1: A-Train's there, so we can see, like, he's not quite all the way in yet. Deep's basically fully indoctrinated.
2: Did you feel like we were, um, was your takeaway that the Deep and A-Train are actually super cool with each other now, when he brought him that little hermit crab or whatever? He's on the fence,
1: I think. I think he's he's hearing what the Deep's saying, but uh, I I don't know. I think
2: he's, I don't know what's going to happen with him. I, don't know what's gonna I felt happen. like he was in with like he was on board with the deep but not totally on board with uh the church of the collective. that was kind yeah. of my feeling
1: so like we'll try and pull him out or something like that because yeah. they're obviously now we're seeing that the church of the collective's goal is to infiltrate the seven and have influence on a political superhero level you know so
2: i I did want to talk about that because I had thought I saw in one of the first couple episodes of the season when the deep first was like going to like with that Eli guy and getting, being given frescas and everything. Um, (laughs) like there was like a cut where it went from that, that weird lady who is part of the church, like looking at an iPad and like got some message on the iPad and then it Mm -hmm. switched. And the message that she got was about like where the deep needed to go when, uh, they were on that out on that boat. And he wrote mm. on the whale. So, and then, but it cut from her getting the message on the iPad to um, Stan Edgar, Gus Fring, like looking mm. at his iPad. And my take from that cut was that he's actually pulling the church, the collective strings. Mm. The other head of the church, the guy head of the church, saying he's got a meeting with Stan Edgar about getting them back in. Like, I, I feel yeah. like we're gonna find out how that all fits together ne- next episode. Yeah for sure yeah
0: yeah, we've been saying something is gonna fucking happen with this church collective the whole time because it it just hasn't added up and it's like they're gonna come into play somehow
2: it has to because i i appreciate the whole uh riffing on scientology thing but it doesn't seem like it's got enough to do with the story at this point to actually be involved (laughs) so yeah
1: they're gonna end up clashing with stormfront
2: homelander's whole thing definitely
0: Oh, yeah, I know. That's what we've been, uh, our whole speculation this whole boys podcast season has been who is going to end up being the final team ups and who's going to switch sides or whatever. Cause we're convinced it's going to be obviously Homefront and Storm, or Homelander and Stormfront. <laughs> we should call them Homefront. Stormlander
2: and Homefront. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so obviously it's going to be those two. And then Maeve probably on the other side with like right. maybe grab Starlight and the boys and all that but we're so still unsure sure. where like where a train and the deep are going to fall and where like some of these other tertiary characters are going to side.
2: Yeah, yeah. I, I think we got a step towards the Maeve starlight boys uh, combining forces at the end of this episode. Oh yeah. And uh, yeah, Mave does save starlight and then just like lets her go and starlight asks her to come with her and she, she shakes it off and doesn't go. But like that, that's right there. That connection is right there, ready to go whenever. Also, the Almond Joy thing is going to come back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, yeah. So, First guess, weakness we've seen with uh, Black Noir that he's got a peanut so, yeah, allergy. Is
2: he dead? Are we assuming he's dead? I don't think so. No. I think, I don't just, think so? they took him to the hospital or
1: whatever. But also, we also know that's Starlight's favorite candy. So yeah, I that. see a situation in which like Huey gets Starlight, uh, you know Almond Joy
2: and is going on his way to see her and then black noir is there here's my oh. question though if he's not dead now how is mave just still chilling as part mm-hmm. of the seven mm-hmm. it's god the awesome. seven
0: is in shambles
2: <laughs> yeah and gus fring knows about
0: it all because he's got that camera on black noir so he saw like what all went down with starlight and mave like fucking up the shit so he That's knows that there's dissension um, let's take a couple steps back and go to the whole lamplighter storyline because yes. first and foremost he's <laughs> hanging out with the boys he's about to go testify for their case at against Vought and all this shit but I do want to have a conversation on why when he's like hanging out with the boys waiting to go <laughs> to the hearing <laughs> is he just watching all this, this superhero porn
1: yeah. I love the whole superhero porn is like the incest porn of this world. <laughs> it's just everywhere. It's every, every superhero's got it. They're their own brand. That's yeah. so true. Like,
2: it's as big in that world as people <laughs> joke about parody porn being in this world.
0: <laughs> Watching this, I was just cracking up. and I, I want to play a clip of uh, just a couple of the names of the DVDs because porn names of DVDs oh, yeah. are always just the funniest things in the world to me. Uh, what do you want to watch next? Uh, Translucent Invisible Cock, Queen Maeve Pleasure Slave, uh, yeah. Big Black Noir. Oh, Starlight pulls an a I'm good, I'm good, thank you. Okay, different strokes, man. Please don't say that in this context. I was dying
1: laughing. It was, that was a really good segment. I was uh, crying, I made I no, a like, ask BD about this. <laughs>
2: Well, and then the one that well, intrigued me the most was the uh, translucent one. Yeah, <laughs> physical cock. Or I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see what direction they went with that one. <laughs> <laughs> it
0: it was so hilarious. And then for whatever reason, um, Lamplighter just kept talking in like porn puns, and he kept saying like they He kept talking to Hugh, and he's like, "You don't want to be a cuck in your own <laughs> like story or
1: whatever." The cuck thing cracked me up. And that's how Hughie got him. He's like.
0: This is your last chance to be a hero again. Come on. I mean, do you, do you wanna be the cuck or do you wanna be the guy who fucks the wife?
2: Okay, yeah, yeah. Let's go fuck the wife. Consensually. Come on, come on. Are you wanna be the? the cuck? Cuck? Are you
1: gonna be the guy who's fucking the, wife. the guy's wife <laughs> in front of him? <laughs>
2: And he gets so serious in that moment. Let's go, let's like, go fuck the wife. Essentially.
0: It, it, it's such a good question of like, if you're trying to get someone like jacked up, like you're getting ready to go play a football game or something. And someone comes up to you and says, do you want to be the cock? Do you <laughs> want to be the guy who fucks the wife? I'd be like, yeah, no, I don't want to be the cock. Obviously
2: we need to get somehow Al Pacino giving that as part of his uh, <laughs> Yeah it's all about the interest <laughs> yeah.
1: Being cucked by Al Pacino. I, I can't imagine a worse, a worse situation.
0: Oh, getting cucked by Al Pacino. By Al Pacino. Like he's, he's fucking like your he's wife. Fucking your wife. Hoo-ah! <laughs> now that's interesting because he's, he's like five, six. So yeah, it's Al Pacino, but he, I feel like, when it's going down, you could you would feel like in person you could like beat his ass. Oh yeah. So it's a weird he, he, he dynamic.
2: Definitely of- wouldn't be my most <laughs> feared situation. <laughs> it's okay. What is it? Wouldn't be my most feared situation. I feel like
0: no. I'm- it's not like Ben Affleck. Uh, if if the Rock or Ben Affleck are cucking your wife,
2: <laughs> then they're cucking now- you, right? <laughs> corrected. I
0: stay corrected. <laughs>
2: Now, yeah. So, the rocker Ben Affleck. <laughs> I mean, those are the two, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think Hemsworth. He's a big dude. He's a big dude.
0: If one of the if the Hemsworth brothers are double teaming your wife, you know, you just got to sit back and let it happen. Watch it, you know.
2: You're getting cooked. He's being cooked by the Hemsworths.
0: <laughs> Zerb, anywhere you wanted to go in particular, I was thinking maybe
2: Butcher. Should we touch on him? Yeah, I think we should touch on Butcher quickly. Uh, that was another one that I didn't, I didn't, especially in the penultimate episode of the season. I didn't feel like I needed that backstory that badly. At least not that much time on that backstory. Like, I get it. He, yeah. His dad was a dick to him, and he's got some character traits in common with Homelander because of uh, their father figures. Both um, were were dicks to them in order to toughen them up for the world or whatever. Like, okay. I <laughs> mm. I could have gotten that, you know, maybe four episodes ago and in about a third amount of the time. That was yeah. kind of my feeling on that.
0: Uh, yeah. Mike, what's, what's your take?
2: Similar yeah. It didn't
1: like, you know, like a lot of the emotional stuff in the show, it doesn't really hit you. But, um, I did notice that, uh, uh, that butcher and his dad, had had very similar tastes in leather jackets. I yeah.
0: That. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah.
2: The, the, that was the oldest guy I've ever seen in a leather jacket, and like maybe that, the like only the guy dying of cancer who felt the the absolute need to be in a black leather jacket I've ever seen. You're both so. wearing it. Same yeah. episode. Also <laughs> noticed his weird sort
1: of fetishized, like how tough his son is, kind of thing. That kind of weirded me out a little. Like he was he was really getting off on how tough he
2: his yeah. son was way too turned on by that that's a move that like you
0: see that in movies where like there's really shitty parents who do a horrible job with like a lifetime of parenting like f plus on their parenting skills (laughs) and at the end somehow they've just like rationalized it in their own head that them being a really bad parent is actually good because it made their son like hey if I wasn't that tough on you, you wouldn't be in the NBA, son. It's kind of like Denzel Washington and he got game, or Tanya Harding's mom in *I Tanya*, played mm. by Allison Janney, where you're just like, yeah, I get it. Like in a roundabout way, you were actually helpful with Ray Allen making it to the NBA, and Tanya Harding being like sweet at skating. But you know what? You're also in a roundabout roundabout way responsible for the fact that Nancy Kerrigan's leg got broken by someone
2: in Tanya Harding's crew, bitch. So, yeah. That's well said. Because I, it, it definitely is a thing. Like it's one, it's the main plot of one of my favorite movies ever, which is Whiplash. It's not his mm, dad, it's his yeah. teacher. But it's still a thing. like, you, d- do you sometimes need to be pushed beyond your boundaries to achieve greatness? Yes, that's definitely a thing. But it doesn't mean that the person doing it wasn't a complete dick <laughs> like, yeah, or a horrible parent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, yeah,
1: bad. Kiss twenty-two,
2: man. It's kiss twenty-two.
1: You want to be great? You want to be a good parent?
2: Yeah.
0: So pretty much yeah. <laughs> Zerb, you're the only parent here what how do you think this is netting out for your sons do you see greatness for them or do you feel like you need to toughen up as a dad to make them great
2: yeah i'm my my kids based on my parenting style are probably going to be pretty average but pretty good friends with me yeah <laughs> yeah hey, you know? i love my dad forever but i'm not going to play in the mba so yeah. that's the story it's going to come
0: out um yeah, we talked about Frenchie. Uh, that was Butcher. You know what? Last thing on Butcher, I'll say, because he had this whole storyline where he was going to get that guy at Vought to go and like the old CEO or whatever of Vought to go testify against them. And I, my biggest note on Butcher in this, in this episode was, dude, and Mike can appreciate this as the all-time biggest Carl Urban fan and Pathfinder fan. Oh, that's what I wanted earth. to talk
2: about at the beginning, yeah. Carl
0: Urban then. The subtlety of Carl Urban's acting talents is off the charts. I wrote down he's putting on a subtlety clinic and I and I had three examples. One, when he's going to see that Vought guy, when he goes into that gate, that little subtle like cigarette puff when they say like go ahead in and he like took this like super satisfying like yeah, that's right, open the gate, cigarette puff. And it was sweet as fuck. Two, he just drove right over the front lawn.
2: Did you notice that? Yeah, I, I noticed that. I didn't feel like either of those things were super subtle, but yeah, I noticed both of them.
0: Yeah, it's like subtlety subtlety on steroids. And then uh, the third one, <laughs> so the opposite of subtle. It's
2: like being the most humble person in the world. Humble brag, subtle
0: brag. The third one was him drinking the coffee when he was staring at the guy, like oh, super maniacally. very
2: satisfying. It was yeah, a cup I, of chocolate. I was going to make a joke about how his beard does a lot of his acting for him. Yeah. But I noticed that too. The, the eyes, he's got the, the super evil eyes going while he's like talking to the daughter as if he's being nice to her, but the eyes yeah, yeah. are just evil the whole time.
1: That whole moment when he was talking to the daughter was really awesome. A good display of like Butcher's charm. Like he's oh, such yeah. a charming dude. I've never had a cup of tea. So lovely. You
2: know, he, he can just got the, flip the easy,
1: switch back and forth. Yeah, but then he takes that sip, man—that long sip of tea. Such a Brit,
0: dude. What do you think is a better call, Urban Performance, him and this, or him in Pathfinder? Yeah, I wanted to dig into that. I've never
1: seen Pathfinder.
0: I don't believe that.
1: <laughs> you brought this up last time I was on the pod. I've never seen Pathfinder. I still don't
0: believe it.
2: Well, did you see the trailer? This. I've seen the trailer. It looked fucking sick, dude. So you just convinced everyone else to see it and you never saw it? (laughs) Yeah, that's
1: how you roll. No, what happened, somebody recommended it to me. So they were probably playing a prank on me. And I just was like, well, I heard Pathfinder is a good movie. And I told BD and Pat this, I think, and I think they watched it.
0: Oh, we watched it. Yeah, we (laughs) took like a, a whole Saturday out of our lives. Two and a half hours, we'll never get back in high school
2: that is a really good prank that you can probably, you could probably pull it off once every two to three years, just save up, just be given good recommendations for two years. And then you can just drop one Pathfinder in there. Mm -hmm. And and get your friends totally pumped up. Like, yeah, dude, Pathfinder is unreal. You (laughs) you have to go see it in the theaters.
0: (laughs) Yeah. So Mike has no credibility on recommendations forever. Like it's, great it's,
2: recommendations. It's I like,
1: recommendations.
0: How long it's it's close to now what 15, 20 years since you made that recommendation and it's still haunting you. I
1: still regret it. I still regret it. But back um, to Carl Urban. Carl Urban. He's I would say anything but subtle. I'd say he's very the opposite of subtle.
0: Subtlety on steroids, dude.
1: Yeah. Like I said.
2: (laughs) Subtlety clinic. Without subtlety.
0: Um, let's go to Lamplighter's final moments because I did not see that coming.
2: What a bitch. As soon as soon as he I mean, you're supposed to get this, but as soon as he said I wanted to do it in front of my statue, like oh he's gonna burn himself alive. Yeah. Crazy. Crazy stuff. Crazy that he was only in the show for two episodes. I know.
1: Yeah, I didn't see him getting. He's never really sticks around. that <laughs> yeah. Honestly, he, he's always in and out of shit. Could have at
2: least made it to the finale. Jesus.
1: Yeah, Came I sort of like him too yeah. with the porn and the and the whole like. <laughs> and you realize because the whole way he was so nonchalant, he's like, "Let's see if it works." You know, either either we're gonna die, and I was like, "Oh, this is yeah. kind of funny. I like this development in his character," but it was just because he was planning on killing himself the whole time. Yeah,
2: I was definitely taking as as he like, he's kind of. A, if he does die, he doesn't care. But I didn't take that as suicidal right up until yeah. he's like, Oh, he's going to lay they, himself on fire. <laughs> yeah. That was nuts, man. Was and it because he, would...
0: he didn't want to testify?
2: No, I think he just had, he hated himself from all the horrible things he'd done, including yeah. burning Mallory's grandkids alive. Yeah. And yeah, you know, the whole, everything
1: that up to this moment, you've been like, what is up with this guy? kind of points to that like the watching of the porn the weird nonchalance and the burning people alive at the place so seemingly unregretful
0: yeah so it, yeah the
2: other thing about his death though that I feel like is an interesting dynamic in the show now and going forward is the weaknesses obviously we got the almond joy thing with black and War right after that but it's like his power is fire and he has no resistance to fire at all.
0: Uh yeah, that's pretty weird. Wild. That's weird. Yeah.
2: And like Starlight her power has nothing to do with like she just happens to have apparently pretty much bulletproof skin as an extra superpower. So it's like mm-hmm. sometimes you get a couple that include invincibility or some form of really hard to kill thing yeah. and then sometimes you can too. completely manipulate fire but fire still kills you. <laughs> So, it
0: doesn't make sense because if you up. think about the the when he was Iceman in X-Men, there's that one scene where he kills that fire guy by turning his entire body into a block of ice. And then there's Fantastic 4 where Chris Evans totally just lights on fire fire as the fire guy and can fly. So, it is weird that he's not he's susceptible to burning himself.
2: Yeah, Absolutely. I would like, definitely not have thought he could have burned himself to death until he did.
0: Yeah, yeah, he did. Weak shit. And then Maeve, so what, then Starlight, who's been captured, she gets, like, saved by Huey, Lamplighter, and then inevitably Maeve as well. So...
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, poor decision on them to put the emergency lights inside the super secure cell mm-hmm. that Starlight was in. Yeah. And why didn't
1: she try that before? Like, why didn't she test? Because she can turn on... We've seen that she can turn on electronics herself
2: yeah she was trying to pull some power from whatever was glowing yeah and she couldn't get it off that so i don't know if she needed she needs a little boost to get yeah, other electronics i don't know but i, I, I was definitely as soon as the emergency lights started going on i was like do you guys is it do you guys need to have your uh your superhero like prison cell up to like safety codes <laughs> like what what's going on here shouldn't this code. just be a, a block that is impossible to get out of and who cares about
0: the fire alarm? <laughs> yeah, it's, it, we're getting into like superhero logic or superhero, like all this stuff where it's like, wait, why did that make, why did you do it that way? But then this way...
2: We're picking nets.
0: It. We're it's, picking nets. We yeah, we're picking nits. What should we... The, the only other thing besides the final hearing is all this stuff going on with Homelander and Stormfront, essentially just trying to like steal his son away from the mom And like pseudo raise him and turn him against his mom what where do you guys stand on all that shit
1: i'm ready for it you know as a viewer i'm ready to watch this kid get thrown into the real world with superheroes (laughs) i'm kind of sick of this mom just being like super overprotective like your son's gonna hate you one day anyways and do this anyways all right mike with
0: the zag take against the mom Uh, you know, at this point, I'm, I'm sick
1: of that storyline of, of him being like coming back and forth to the house and her every time, like taking him outside to yell at him, you know, and I'm just like a cigarette. Yeah,
2: it was getting repetitive for sure. And I definitely think that it's not necessarily her, but them just being stuck in that spot. Like they needed to get him out of there, story wise, for sure. And it was definitely a good, like, evil moment for Homelander and to show the sway that Stormfront's having over him and everything. Yeah. that was pretty evil to to just flip it around (laughs) on Becca like that. Yeah.
0: Dude, Stormfront is totally like running this show with Homelander. Like she's essentially his puppet master at this point. She is true evil.
1: Yeah. She's, she's pretty bad.
0: So I still can't tell how we think this is going to go with, with homelander and her like are they going to turn on each other in the finale or are they just going to go down together? like I, it's so hard to predict how this is going to play out with them
2: yeah i'm super interested to see if it happens in the finale or if it carries mm-hmm. over into the next season i still yeah, think it's yeah. definitely coming i think it's going to be uh, like if we're talking
1: positive versus negative ending like they ended the last season pretty negative right if i remember
0: correct yeah I feel like
1: they're going to do it again. <laughs> yeah, like something really bad is coming this next episode. Which, yeah, I, I don't see it getting better right now. It's almost like how I feel about the world. It's like <laughs> on the verge of something, and it's definitely not going to get better before it gets a lot worse.
0: Mass extinction <laughs> 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 on the verge of turning into the dinosaurs. Yeah, dude. It's uh It probably will be bleak. I agree with you. Um, yeah. I just think it's going to be explosive because I, I, th- I feel like it's been a build like this whole season. I feel like season one was more, there was a lot more going on and I yeah. feel like season two, it's been like a build, a build, a build, a build. And I feel like we're crescendoing in this final finale where it's going to like pop.
2: I agree. Cause I thought we were going to get more of that in this episode, honestly. But like I said, they, they spent so much time on the um, butcher backstory and Homelander's Kid and like there's like enough in there that was a lot slower than I was expecting this episode to be I thought this one was going to be pretty action packed there's
1: also the bit with Maeve and um, her girlfriend yeah. I don't remember her name but I figured getting BD's take on that wouldn't be I mean she did flip a table in a very sexy way
0: dude uh, I think Maeve is one of the most attractive people I've ever seen in my life if we're just talking looks (laughs) (laughs) like are you asking me about her looks because
1: i I got i think i got we we know halligan's next halloween costume
0: oh Oh. well what is that cosplay yeah yeah dude if we did that
2: slash role play if
0: if we did that i would have to go as the deep
2: <laughs>
1: oh my god. I think I honestly think of BD every time I look at Yeah, the deep uh,
2: you can pull off the deep for sure. You just have to buzz your hair. I feel yeah. like the
1: deep and BD would in in real life would be best friends. I feel like BD would like have one of those guys sure. on the deep. He's like, dude, he's just so cool and funny, man. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> he is mike I don't know if you're hit privy to this knowledge, but he is one of the core four members of the show Gossip Girl. Like he's in a, a past team drama that we've done on this pod. So yeah. he already holds a close spot near and dear to my heart. Um, but yeah, with Maeve, I've, I love all the Maeve storylines. I love her. That's why she's my favorite. I think she's a smoke show <laughs> 13 out of 10. And I, I, it made me sad that her and her girlfriend, like it went that way. Cause oh. they, they love each other, dude. And now it's like all gone to shit.
1: Well, shit, man. That thing on the—I mean, we never talked. Us, have, we never talked about the plane scene from last season, but that was hard to watch.
2: Yeah, that was tough. to watch. But before before we get off BD's attraction to Mave, though. Yeah. What when uh Lamplater was flipping through all of his porn DVDs? Was there was there a deep on Mave?
0: I think there was something on Mave. We'll hear it at the end of this when I. Put in those porn titles, but I think there's there was something. One. What would it be like having sex with translucent? Like, how wild would that be? Just yeah. getting an invisible dick in you and stuff,
2: dude. I can't imagine. <laughs> yeah, there's there's several I'm, things I'm, about that scenario that are it <laughs> sounds horrifying. <from> <laughs> it sounds like one
1: of the scariest things that could ever happen. you <laughs> fucked by an invisible superhero, unbe- unknowing where anything was.
2: <laughs> I'll pass. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so just speaking of Dick, um, I was so sad to end the Maeve thing that she got Dick at the end of this. I didn't like seeing oh, that. Oh
1: yeah. That was weird.
2: huh? I, they said before I, she was bisexual.
1: But at the same time, couldn't she have worked this out with her girlfriend to say like, Hey, I'm going to act like I'm heartbroken. Like you left me, you run, you go here. I'll meet you there. I'm going to pretend like I'm, I've, I've given it up and I'm straight.
0: Oh, possibly.
2: Yeah. It's, Except I, for the fact that it sounds like her, her it, I took that whole scene of the breakup scene as her, her girlfriend was breaking up with her, not just like running away from Homelander and stuff. It's doesn't, she? she's scared of Maeve and thinks Maeve's done a lot of terrible things, which she has for various right. reasons. And it was just like, this relationship isn't working because I'm scared of you. Yeah, true. That's the reason they broke up.
0: And Maeve, in her defense, she goes, Well, just so you know, like, me being a superhero is part of me being me, bitch.
2: So, like, if if you don't like that side of me, that kind of yeah. sucks
0: because that's a big portion of who I am.
2: Yeah, we've given this show a fair amount of shit for not coming through on some of these scenes in this episode and in general. So I think that that one deserves some credit. But that was a really good, like, hammer at the end of that was Maeve, after she flips the table, being like, You said you wanted to see you all these years. You said you wanted to see the real me. Well, this is the real me. And I think her name's Alana just says, I know. And it's just like, Oh fuck. Okay. She saw the real you and doesn't like the real you.
0: Yeah. Damn. Yeah. So brutal.
2: Formative. She's gone through a lot. That's show. why she's banging some hot guy and vaping in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I so Mike Zurb and I, I we have a
0: hard viewpoint that is we think Maeve's gonna die we think she's gonna go up against Homelander be the leader of that like opposition and be like the one who falls. Uh,
2: the, I mean, the, the, definitely... the dying part is to me like that's I think when you play it out like that's probably how it'll end. But I, de- I mean we've been saying all along that she's definitely gonna have a showdown with with Homelander. Yeah. Hmm. I mean, I she she see as much as I do love her
1: too. She seems like one of the more disposable characters in in
2: when it comes to the sh- ultimate arc of the show or whatever. Um, and she's she needs also- the redemption too. Yeah. she needs that redemption yep. piece of of going down fighting for the good side. Yeah, I could definitely see that happening. Whether
1: that's up against Homelander or the Church of the Collective and whatever <laughs> they're you know, agenda is, I don't
0: know. I think the church, of the collective now is going to team up with the evil Homelander stormfront crew. And then the deep is like going to go against them. Cause we're already seeing that the deep is like, he's being talked into everything. Like that guy says, no, right. no, you hate that guy. Oh, that guy. I like, yeah, you're right. I hate him. I feel like the, the deep is going to go against them and it's going to be like, no, you know what? This is me becoming my new man, my new self. Fuck you guys
2: yeah i I, the more we talk it through just over the last few episodes i feel like i to mike's point i think that the it's going to end on more of a darker note but i and i think that that is going to be that uh homelander and stormfront are way more like in a winning position and they're still together at the end of next episode but the team up is more clear
0: so what do we think on that final scene do we all think that it's that girl who escaped from Sage Grove who was exploding all those heads? It's a good question.
1: I don't know who else could do it. That was that was she was the only one that I've seen in this show that could
2: do that. It has the telekinetic. Yeah, and I could see her just like like just But why? Why was
0: she so I was trying to figure out why and why wasn't she exploding any of the soup's heads? She only exploded like all
2: Especially the people did she not get she got shockwave. Yeah, sad, but you know. he's
0: why, why didn't she explode Homelander's head? Who, whose side is she on?
2: So, well, we, first of all, we don't know that it's her.
0: Oh, we're pretty sure, um, dude. She, it had to be. She can explode heads.
2: I've got another theory. Okay. I think that it could be Gus Fring. Whoa.
0: How did he get remember that remember last
2: episode I said I, I could see that as a twist coming, that he actually has been a superhero this whole time pretending not to be just keeping his powers under wraps, pretending just to be the, uh, the suit. Whoa. I think that would be a huge, awesome twist slash reveal. And so he did enough to, to end the hearing basically, but didn't just attack the like good guys. So he, he you know, exploded shockwave's head and did enough like yeah. where it's like, he's going to be able to play that off as a super ter- some super terrorist attack or something like that. So mm. That's, that's my that was my big theory coming out of it. Is, but is Frank.
0: Even if it so let's say it was Gus or he was pulling the strings on that check, whatever it was, let's say he is behind it. What was in it? Because if he did that, wouldn't it still like be bad in the public public's eyes? And like against VOD?
1: Well, yeah, probably, but still I think it's he was stopping
2: basically that hearing from happening, yeah. You know? I think it was a last ditch move. Yeah, and they have to spin it that it was like a super terrorist and blah blah blah. So, mm-hmm. I, I definitely think it was not what they wanted to have to do. But when he maybe when he saw who it was that was testifying, he's like, "Well, we got to go with our last ditch—the only thing we can do to stop this right now." So, it's interesting.
1: Would that make maybe the girl? Because they're definitely going to bring her back around, right? The girl yeah. that was at the psychiatric yeah. place. Yeah, if it was. Fring, <laughs> which I love calling him Fring. <laughs> um, <laughs> Gustavo, uh,
2: would could she possibly be like his daughter, or like she's like oh, like, he, like you think maybe he's pulling her strings as opposed to yeah,
1: either she's pulling he's pulling her strings or they're. I mean, if he was a superhero and had those powers,
2: she I don't think she better. would have been at Sage Grove because isn't that the whole thing where they're trying to like stabilize it so they can give it to adults give it to adults yeah yeah Yeah, oh because that was another big reveal in this episode that we haven't talked about is that i think they officially said homelander's son is the first natural born superhero yeah the only one that wasn't created with compound v so i feel like he's gonna be stronger
0: okay so let's get into that let's get into finale predictions officially Are we saying that son's going to come back and do some shit in the finale? Or do we think that's a hold for season three?
2: I think that his mom in some way or another is going to find Butcher and they're going to convince him, you know, he's going to realize in the meantime that Homelander and Stormfront are shitty people. And his mom was a good person. And he's going to switch sides and Butcher is going to have to come to terms with, he's going to have to like adopt him as his son and, and not want to leave him behind and all that stuff. Wow. Mike, he's, going be the, he's going to be the only one ultimately who's going to be able to like face off with Homelander. Just to do with the
1: boy thoughts about the boy or just thoughts about what's going to happen in the next episode.
0: And any thoughts on reserves prediction, or if you have incremental predictions on top of that for the finale.
1: Man, that's a really that's a, well. I really like. I, I I do think there's some weight to what Zerb's saying. I can't see them. You know, it's either the boy joins the boys or he <laughs> dies, right? Or something. I wish
0: they'd kill that boy. I'm so done with that boy.
2: What's his name? He has a name, right? <laughs> okay, we'll have to look it up. <laughs> ah, whatever. A little blonde boy. Little bitch. Yeah, but
1: no, I do see a team up happening um, in this next episode in a Homelander and Stormfront are going to do something terrible and it's going to affect the relationship with Vought.
2: And I, I'm just, I'm just trying to figure out in my mind if I think Gus you think is going to full on come out. Like the whole Nazi thing is going to come out. That's kind of what I've
1: been feeling. And I could see them going up because the church, of the collective, I could see them turning out to be not what we, we think they are not Scientologists so much. Maybe like somebody operating under the guise of being a church.
0: This just sounds like Nexium, Like, it's it's a Scientology-esque front. But beneath the surface, what's really happening is it's a sex cult underneath (laughs) where girls are getting branded and uh, are being, like, forced to uh, give collateral, aka, like, nude pictures and videos for their silence forever on this, like, sex slave cult.
1: Well, not that kind of
0: (laughs) front. Yeah, I mean... Church of the Collective, it's not a sex cult underneath, though. It's like some bullshit for Vought.
1: Uh, yeah, I was thinking sort of like maybe government trying to take down superheroes type. Like some somebody the boys could possibly team up with. But I really don't know.
0: I feel like the Church of the Collective it. is erring more on the side of evil. I feel like it's going to be Church of the Collective, Vought, Homelander, Stormfront versus the boys, Mave, A Train, Deep, Starlight. I think that's the split, mm. and it's going to be a pretty formidable battle.
1: Yeah, so that's more what it seems. I'm, I'm, I'm getting deep and like saying, "Ooh, what if something that we think is some people we think are bad are good?" You know, which is kind of off base. I think probably. Well,
0: it would be like, who do you think that's bad could could actually turn out to be good?
1: The
0: I'm either. thinking it could only be Homelander, as fucked up as that sounds. I could only oh. see Homelander going against Stormfront. And I'm not saying his reasons are going to be pure, wow. but yeah. it's the only one I could. Like, Black Noir is always just going to follow evil orders. He's never going to turn. He's, he is that way. Gus Fring is the evil guy pulling all the strings. Stormfront is a Nazi at her core who's over a hundred years old. She's never going to turn. I feel like Homelander might turn still, Mm. but for selfish reasons that aren't for like the good of humans, it's because it's more self-serving to him.
2: That's still my long-term prediction, but I don't think it's going to happen next episode. Yeah. Shit, dude, it's going to be crazy.
0: That's uh. That's it from me, though. Any other final thoughts? Are you guys ready to wrap it up? Let Mike go to the beach. Zerb, get back to dad duty. No, okay. man,
1: that, that's all I got. Now all I can think about what is what's going to happen next week. I
0: know. Super pumped for this <laughs> finale. It's going to be wild. Um, cool. Well, let's wrap it there. We'll tell those kids to sleep tight. Mike, you sleep tight at the beach. Zerb, you sleep tight at your house. And we'll do a three-man trio, menage trois weave on this ending. So, Zerb, you kick it off.
2: Clear eyes. Full hearts.
0: Do less, kids.
2: Do way less.
0: You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there. Just not pictured. Steven and Elsie. Both there. Just not pictured.